0: Hey everybody, this is Mike H and welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. My name is Michael Lynn from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
0: And I'm Lee McGinnis from Leesburg, Virginia.
1: As members of the recovery community, we created this podcast as a way to provide experience, strength, and hope through the lens of the Daily Reflection book. Each day we interview members of the recovery community in the hope that their experience may provide inspiration.
0: We value inclusion and diversity, and we really want to provide a platform for all the voices of recovery. We aren't affiliated with any 12-step or recovery program, but you may hear these mentioned throughout the course of an interview.
1: Hey, before we get to the show, I'd like to ask a favor. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could leave us a comment or a rating. This is going to do a couple of things. It's going to help us expand our reach and improve the show.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode.
1: Welcome to the show, everybody. Today is December 3rd, and as usual, I have a guest in the studio.
0: Mike H., welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. Uh, Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, before we begin, Mike, what is your date of sobriety? It's uh, February 26th, 1999.
1: 1999. Okay, great. All right. We're going to read the daily reflection to get things started. Would you read for us?
0: Okay. This is uh, for December 3rd, and it's titled, In All Our Affairs. We tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. It comes from the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 106. I find that carrying the message of recovery to other alcoholics is easy because it helps me to stay sober, and it provides me with a sense of well-being about my own recovery. The hard part is practicing these principles in all my affairs. It is important but I share the benefits I receive from AA, especially at home. Doesn't my family deserve the same patience, tolerance, and understanding I so readily give to the alcoholic? When reviewing my day, I try to ask that I have a chance to be a friend today and miss it, that I have a chance to rise above a nasty situation and avoid it, that I have a chance to say I'm sorry and refuse it. Just as I ask God for help with my alcoholism each day, I ask for help in extending my recovery to include all situations and all people. Well, thanks for reading that. In all our affairs, Mike, what does that mean to you? And and what came up for you as you were reading that? Well, all my affairs. I mean, what it really says is that I need to, I need to be aware of of how I'm treating people and everything I do every day. And I I think that this really has come to light for me, especially, you know, in the rooms. It's a little easier to uh to practice these principles with the people that we we. Converse with in the rooms, but doing it on the outside with uh, the people I come into contact at work. And, you know, my, and, and like it said in the reading, my, my family, my wife, really practicing yeah, love, patience, tolerance, uh, understanding is, is something that I have to continually work on. And, and like it said in the reading, I need to really sit down at night and really examine did I do that? Mm. And for me, the, my relationship with my higher power lets me know when I didn't do that. <laughs> and I know immediately that in my, I feel it in my gut that, you know, I need to, I need to fix something, right? Or I need, I need to go back to someone and, and really explain and, and maybe ask for their forgiveness or apologize for something I said or did uh, during the day. So uh, that's what that meant to me
1: yeah and it's a beautiful program for living right it's absolutely it, it almost it almost guarantees that you're gonna have a better life practicing the principles but but let's get to the principles so what do the principles mean to you practicing the principles?
0: when I think about it, I think about the twelve steps and uh you know really first and foremost, you know truly everyday understanding that I'm an alcoholic. And my life is unmanageable and that, you know, alcohol has really uh, controlled me uh, until, the, until I got sober and uh, uh, really trusting in God and trust, turning my will and my life over. That That is that's the ultimate principle, I believe. And and then following the rest, really just looking at at myself, um, examining, you know, my, my shortcomings and being aware of them doesn't mean that I'm sober, doesn't mean I still don't have them and, and they don't flare up. Uh, but being aware of what they are and being able to recognize when they come up and, and address them, whether it be immediately or later off uh, when I'm thinking about my day, uh, you know, and then if I have to make an amends to somebody, I do that. And and then the most important, you know, in, in step 12, just, you know, carrying this message to other alcoholics and, and just practicing all these steps every day, you know, it sounds cliche, but it isn't it's not easy. And it, it, and for a long time, it certainly didn't come naturally. Uh, and it came, you know, it was something that I had to really, uh, practice, practice, practice. And, uh, as time's gone on, it, it becomes more of a habit than anything mm. else. And, uh, yeah. and, and it, <laughs> it's, it's never, it's never easy and it's never fun looking at yourself sometimes, but, uh, Um, I I thank God for this program because, uh, it just makes me a better person and the people around me appreciate it. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: I always say that I'm grateful to have gotten sober and, and I don't live under that lash anymore, but, and it's great for me, but, but it's actually great for the people around me. They don't have to endure living with, uh, with an alcoholic, uh, in his cup. So let's talk a little bit about what was happening in your life prior to getting sober. Like what, what was happening?
0: I absolutely was at the very bottom. I was homeless, you know. I was uh, I was uh, living in a doorway in uh, in San Francisco, and and what got me there was you know just using alcohol as the the only way I could deal with situations, and um, you know it, it just destroyed everything: two marriages, my relationship with my children, uh, every job I ever had. Uh, any didn't really have any hopes or dreams. Didn't know what they were, and and I'd gotten to the point where. I was just so, I accepted the fact that I was an alcoholic and, and I was going to be where I was. And, and then, it, and then it got to the point where I, I, I couldn't, I didn't die. Uh, I, I continued to, to struggle and I got to the point where I was either, I had to make a choice of, you know, either ending my life or getting better. And uh, I decided to get better. And I, uh, I came to Delaware to visit my brother who was sober. And uh, he's been a tremendous uh, support, um, you know, coming in, uh, not knowing what. I know I wanted to be better. I had no idea what that looked like. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then just taking it slow. But I mean, I, I had tried to get sober many, many times, uh, not really committed to the program where I, I certainly struggled with the, the idea of a higher power and turning my will and my life over and, and, I, that, and that was the turning point in my sobriety is when, when that I was able to do that and truly have faith. And, uh, that has been, the, the, the rock to this mm-hmm. point.
1: That can be a challenge for a lot of people. How did you get over that? How did you start to develop a relationship
0: with a higher power? Whew, I faked it until I made it really. Uh, that was, uh, it was really just, uh, talking to something out there and, and trusting the process and, uh, uh, you know and 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 not I say fortunately, but at the time I didn't think it was very fortunate. I had a couple uh, pretty big situations in my life early in recovery that I had to rely on my higher power and trust mm. that that if I just did what I needed to do, that it was going to work out for the for the way it's supposed to work out. and um, I think having those situations come up you know, maybe a year, two years in sobriety and working through it, trusting in, in a higher power and the faith really solidified um my my belief and practice in doing that. And uh, that was uh and like you say, it wasn't I, I grew up with zero religion whatsoever. We just didn't, you know, there was no talk about anything. So uh I, I had no idea what that was going to be like. And um, you know that so I, I really think, you know, just those those couple instances that happened early on that I I, I, fe- I faked it, I practiced it and, and things worked out and it really just helped me continue to do that. And as time went on, um, uh, that relationship grew and, uh, to the, you know, and now I, I can look back and see many, many times in my life where, um, if it wasn't for my higher power, you know, things would have gone a different way. Or if I didn't have trust and faith, you know,
1: I did that too. I really didn't have, A belief in a higher power much before I got sober. And so I I really truly believed I faked it until I made it. But after we discussed this, this possibility that in faking it, we're placing faith in something. So really we're faithing it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's
0: a good explanation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, absolutely. And, uh, and when I work with newcomers, you know, it's, I can really see where and, and, and I think that's the important part of step 12 and part of the reading today, you know, is carrying this message and practice these principles is that when I work with newcomers, I have to understand and really empathize with the fact that they were in the same space that I was in and and trying to get them trying to get someone to faith it and uh, hmm. and, and get through that. And um, it's uh, it's not always easy. And, uh, I, I, unfortunately I've seen people resist that and they're, they're not here. And, and yes. that's a shame.
1: it's always hard to watch when somebody doesn't, doesn't quite get it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So practicing these principles in all our affairs. And as you do this, as you continue to, to practice this faith and practice the principles, how does your higher power come into shape? Like, what does your higher power look like today?
0: Wow. That that's, that's a real good question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, God, I mean, I don't, man, that is so hard to explain, I, I guess I just, so if I could explain it, I, you know, I just feel like I have a warm blanket around me and mm. that I can, no matter what goes on, as long as I, I, I trust, uh, that blanket's going to protect me. Um, and sometimes it, you know, the, the outside things outside of that blanket aren't always what I was hoping for but knowing that I'm in that blanket and I can weather the storm no matter what is, is what it is. So, I mean, that's really the first time I've ever thought about what that looks like and trying to, trying to put it into words, what, (laughs) what I would, how I would explain that. And, and I guess that's the best way I can explain it. You know, just being in that warm blanket and, and, and riding out the storm and knowing that when it's over, it's going to be all right, either way, whatever happens. And to this day, it's worked, you know, um, and not always getting the, end, not always, you know, not always coming out of that storm with the results I wanted, but you know what life moves on and, and I'm much happier, you know, I'm not disappointed in it. I, uh, I accept it, you know? yeah. but it's not an easy thing to do. It's, it's easy to say, but not to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's or, great perspective too. It's, it's like, you know, no matter how upset you are, no matter how much you don't like the current situation. You know that you're going to be okay, um, regardless of how it works out. That's uh, a, yeah. that's great perspective.
0: And it's really good. Like last night I was at a meeting and a, and a, and a young woman talked about how she had a, a really, really bad day, but trusting in her, in God and coming to the meeting, um, she wasn't going to drink that day. And, and to me, that's, that's the success, you know, mm-hmm. no matter, I may feel, I may not feel really at peace, but if I don't take a drink then then I made it you know um, and it that 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 really inspires me to see that you know yeah yeah so
1: what does your program look like today are you sponsoring other men
0: yes uh and uh that that is you know I I sometimes I say man I'm not a really great sponsor uh <laughs> I um I struggle I mean I I have read the big book I, I really struggle sometimes walking people through the steps um, but I I find that, you know, just like I hear all the time, you know, the more you work with people, the, you know, every time I go through the steps with someone else, I learn something new. Um, Fortunately, I have a a pretty strong sponsor that I I rely on to help me with that. Um, I've had men that have not, like I said, have not made it. In in the past two years, I've had three sponsees that aren't here anymore. And uh, Mm -hmm. at first that really hurt. Uh, But then I had to realize that I'm, it, it's not my choice, you know, Mm -hmm. and, 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 and they, they, they made a choice and a decision it's hard to watch, but uh, all I can do is give them my experience and um, you know, and my program. So what I guess for me, the big thing in my program was, you know, being 20, almost 23 years sober, about 10 years in, I, I kind of stepped away from meetings kind of, I had a job that I traveled a lot. I mean, I would go to meetings out of town, uh, but I, I always say it was more like drive-bys. Uh, uh, I wasn't accountable to anybody, uh, didn't have my home group. Um, and uh, after that ended, I came back home and I just remember sitting at home and feeling that, you know, that, that hole that, that needed to be filled. And I just remember telling my, my wife, saw me going back to meetings a lot every day. And she, she was like, So, what what's that about? Are you thinking of drinking? And it wasn't that I was thinking of drinking, I just knew I was missing this whole thing. And uh, about five years ago, I always say it's my rebirth into recovery. I, uh, I ran into a friend who had um, him and I were really close for about 12 years. He was sober and then he relapsed and he was out there for nine years and I didn't see him. And then, uh, you know, God works, because when I decided to really go back and, and hit these meetings strong and put myself in the middle of A.A., he was there for his first meeting coming back and we together, we connected and we hit meetings every single day for an entire year, which really helped me. And, uh, you know, he's going to have a uh, four years sober in April. I mean, in, in March, and it's just that that was, I just have to look at that and say, that was God, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and since then, you know, just being, being really, really active. I, I go to five meetings a week. Uh, I have a sponsor. I sponsor, uh, men, I have commitments. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm an addict. I have two home groups, <laughs> so uh, you know that for me, and 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 uh, that is what's really, um, you know, it's just it's been a whole different experience these last five years. Totally, it's like a whole second experience in recovery, and um, yeah, I'm truly grateful for it. And uh,
1: yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you made it back. I'm glad that you had kind of recommitted to the program because I I see it so often too, you know, folks. Stop going to meetings. That's the first thing I hear. I stopped going to meetings. And yeah. then all of a sudden, life gets lifey and a drink yep. starts looking good. So yeah, that is truly amazing. I agree. It's that's a higher power at work right there. I yeah. want to go back for a second. Now you mentioned something and I'm not sure I caught the full gist of it, but uh three sponsees that, that are no longer here. Do you mean they passed away or they're just yes. not in the per? Wow. Yes. That's that's yes. tough. I'm really sorry yeah. to hear that. Yeah. And and it just underscores the the deadly, deadly nature of this disease. It's deadly and progressive. And, you know, some people think casually They or early in sobriety. Sometimes people think casually about, well, maybe I'll drink again and, and, you know, get sober uh, at some other point, but, you know, a lot of people don't make it back. Right.
0: Right. right. Yeah. And the sad part is I, uh, you know, we just celebrated the year of a friend of ours who had 23 years in sobriety. And, um, he was in pain and didn't really reach out and he took his own life mm. over. Yeah. And it, that's uh and I just remember talking to one of my friends. I'm like, wow, if he, if he was drinking, I could understand that. You know, I I, mm-hmm. I knew how to fix, I knew where to get the, your medicine, right. But the all other piece where if you get depressed and, and you're, and it was during COVID. So wasn't going to meetings. Uh, his job was um, not there for a while. And it, so that's why I find the importance of, for me, I talk to five men every single day. The same five guys. My brother who's in recovery has 27 years sober and he lives in Arizona and I talk to him three times a day. Mm-hmm. And so having that connection because if I don't call one of them, they're going to call me and ask me what's going on. And um I really, you know, that connection and that working that principle of you know communicating and because you never know when life's going to hit you and you need to feel comfortable enough to talk to people and tell them what's going on. And, uh, so I really try to, to, to to live by that role that I I need to continuously reach out and call, use that phone every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I find it so, so frequently in, um, in alcoholics, I mean, sober, just coming in newcomers, long timers as well, that that connection can be so difficult. You know, do you find that it's, it's easier for you to just pick up the phone and call people or did you have to work at that?
0: Oh, I had to work at that. Absolutely. And, um, and you know, so, and just relationships, I didn't know how to do relationships. And, uh, I remember when I first got sober, my friend that I talked about that came back into the program, we were really close and it scared me as a man to have another relationship with a man that close. And I remember I kind of pulled away from him for a minute and then I got back and I told him, I said, listen, I haven't called you for a while because this is all new to me and I'm, and and this is kind of just, it kind of scared me. And, uh, but now it's, it's a lot easier and, but it, it, it doesn't happen just like that either. You know, you have to, you have to go to meetings and develop those relationships. And then I find that now with these guys, I talk to every day, it isn't about, Hey, I'm calling you up to talk about AA. I'm just calling you up to talk about, what's going on in my day, you know? And, uh, and we, we play golf together and we, we, we do things together outside of the program and it doesn't have to always be talking about the program, but you know, being close to somebody and and they know when you're not, not right, but really appreciating them keeping me honest and, uh, Mm.
1: you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an accountability aspect to that too. So once you get when you get into the habit of communicating on a regular basis, um, the, a whole different world opens up. And I was, I, I so related to what you, we shared there, you know, getting a little bit uncomfortable with this kind of a relationship, a one-on-one relationship with another man. It, it's its not always comfortable, at least in the beginning, but um, I'll tell you, I've developed some of the best relationships I've, I've ever had uh, after getting sober with other um, you know, members of the program, uh, yeah. mostly men, but but even sometimes um, you know uh, yeah. women as well. So, yeah, appreciate that. So let's talk a little bit about advice for folks that may not have a whole lot of experience. Maybe they don't have twenty three years like you, uh, and or maybe they're just getting into the program. Any advice for those folks?
0: Wow. Well, my experience was that I I needed to be really patient and um, and be very willing to do anything to stay sober uh i just remember when i first came in you know you see the guy with the 23 years in the house and the, the wife and the car and i want all of that now right and i i think that you know really understanding and being really really patient but the most important is is getting in the middle of this program and like like we say you know getting in the middle of the herd don't come in and sit around the fringes get in there and talk to people and, and put your hand out and, and, and and use that phone. I mean, how many times am I at a meeting and I, I give someone my phone number or 10 guys will give someone their phone number. And then you never hear from, you know, and I, I think as a new person coming in, if I give you my phone number, that means I want you to call me and, and just start the conversation. And, and, and I think that, you know, for me, that's helping me and it's helping you. Uh, uh, so, uh, just, you know, if that's, that's probably the best advice I could give somebody coming in to get started in the program, because, you know, I could tell you, you need to, you know, you need to work the steps you need to get a sponsor. You need to, you know, get a commitment, whatever, but let's start with, you know, coming in and, and being patient and, and starting to talk to people. You know.
1: Yeah. That's great advice. You know, I always tell uh, newcomers, I'm going to give you my, my phone number and you're probably not going to even consider calling me, but I wish you would, because when you pick up the phone and call me, you're going to get me out of whatever I'm thinking about at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can start the conversation off with, "Hey, what's up?" You don't have to yeah. have any agenda. There's n- you don't have to think about what I'm going to say and what you're going to say and all of that stuff because I can I can definitely get in my head in that respect. Yeah, just just picking up the phone. That's yeah. uh, that's that's great advice, Mike. Anything else you want to share with the listeners before we wrap?
0: Um, uh, no, I, I just, uh, I really appreciate being, being asked to do this. And, uh, I'm glad that I was introduced to the podcast. I really, uh, have listened to a couple of the episodes and it's on my, uh, my phone and I'm going to really, uh, you know, outside of just reading the daily reflection, uh, having someone talk about it and hear their experience, strength and hope is, is an absolute, uh, uh, a good way to, to, to start your day Really,
1: Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. Thanks for, thanks for saying that. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's, it's amazing from, from you know, Lee and my perspective as well. We get to talk to so many, so many great folks like yourself. So we truly appreciate it. Uh, well, thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find us online, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash daily reflection podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read stories of recovery from our community at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.